my name is Brian Martin, and you are listening to episode 11 of season two of the Running Technique Tips podcast, the season where we're talking all things 5K training and racing. I'm now joined by my co-host, Lisa Biffin, who's been a little bit, well, not a little bit, a lot in the wars. How are you going, Lisa? You're still with us? Uh, I'm still with us, but I am definitely not the best version of me at the moment. I think we've... Uh, I, I'm a bit sort of not down in the dumps. Um, actually, in the wars, I think is what the yeah. the correct saying should be. You are in the wars. I am. I'm just falling apart. <laughs> Another good song, classic uh, '80s power ballad. <laughs> um, Hang on, were you born in? <laughs> were you born in the '80s? <laughs> I do like a good uh, '80s female power ballad, to be honest. Yeah, look, my woes have just sort of been going from bad to worse, actually, and mm. oh, life. So- so the story so far is you've had recorded some crazy irregular heart rates in your last 5K and then you finally got round to going to the doctor to get it all checked out. I did. I and, faced the music. And then? Yes. <laughs> the music is not sounding great. So anyway, I have booked in for a stress test, which is actually next Wednesday, mm-hmm. which I think I mentioned last week. I couldn't get in any earlier, which was in a way a silver lining because I had had that bung calf. The, the bung calf is probably about the only positive thing that's been happening lately. That it's has, come good. No more old lady calf. Oh, so no more old lady calf. But uh, and do you know what? I'm going. The fix was simply rest. Surprise, surprise. There, right? Uh, so I spent all of last week. I had a massage. And then I, I literally was just doing some walking, pull running and, and strength work. And I think it took exactly eight days. And then I was able to actually on the seventh day, I did some run walking and mm-hmm. the, the pain had gone away. So, so that's fixed. But I went back to the doctors because I had done an iron test. I'd done a thyroid test as well because they sometimes, uh, a doctor said, can sort of get your heart rate uh, into unusual patterns like this uh, mine mine is Uh, and my iron my ferritin had come back really low so it was at 14 and I actually didn't really know what that meant on the chart so I've gone away and what does that mean I've done a little bit of research and I know Dr Google isn't always necessarily the way that you should be answering these questions but Dr Google is saying for men a normal blood ferritin level is 20 to 500 nanograms per milliliter and -hmm. for women it's 20 to 200 and I was sitting at 14 so Like, like low just in the normal range, then you add on top the fact that I'm trying to do endurance running. So I would say that for any type of semi-performance, you'd probably maybe want to be at 50. And then you throw on top of that my life and everything else. So he got me straight in for an iron infusion. So I have had that three days ago now and he said that... Did that did that come in a hypodermic needle the size of a drinking straw or <laughs> something horrible? Like so here's the thing. I am not afraid of needles or any of those sorts oh. of things, but I cannot actually watch what's going on. <laughs> so on. so that, that tells... that's Because that's what I do and I say I am afraid of needles because no. if I wasn't, I'd probably... Probably. It's it's actually not the needle itself. It's it's more so 
my mind just then mm-hmm. goes off into these really sick, peculiar places of things that I really <laughs> don't need to be thinking about when I've got a needle stuck in my arm. So okay. I choose to look the other way. And so anyway, I sat in a chair and I was there for about 15 minutes whilst they infused me with iron. Some people that I've spoken to have said that they instantly felt better I was definitely not in that category and even the next few days. So I think I am three days post and it's really hard to tell whether or not I'm like I'm feeling better because I've just had an absolute shit of a week. Excuse my <laughs> language. It, life has just thrown everything at me. So like I think I'm feeling better because I'm like I'm still tired, but I'm um, given the week that I've had. And what I mean by that is I've just had a huge work week. I've worked about 70 or 80 hours and still try to fit everything else in. So it's just been for those out there that sometimes have those weeks, you, you know exactly what it yes what it's yes. like. You're just in a constant phase of exhaustion. So anyway, I during my chat with my doctor, we looked at some of my other results and mm-hmm. I had a peculiar liver reading that had come back. I actually didn't ask enough questions at the time because I was a bit thrown by it. Yeah. Uh, and the first thing he said to me Because you're not the biggest you're not the biggest drinker. Well, that's what he said know. to me. He was like and I've been seeing this doctor for for such a long time and he sort of looked at me and was like, "Oh, do you like do maybe a couple of like extra drinks?" But more of that you know, I already know the answer is no, but we're not really sure what's going on. And I just was like, huh? <laughs> this is. And maybe you poisoned your liver with your sugar addiction. I don't know what's happened because, <laughs> you know, there was previous results up on the screen too. And that one was mm. just anything that was abnormal is like highlighted in a big bold red. Mm. And everything else was in a just black text. And this was just this red text all of a sudden. So I have no idea where that has come from. So I'm booked in for an abdomen. Oh I can't even say it now. That's how my week has been. An abdominal uh, ultrasound. Right. And I've just been having some shocking headaches for quite a while. And I and my doctor both think that that's potentially stress-related, but he is brilliant. And so I'm also going to go and get a brain MRI just to – so I am getting the full suite of tests and – We did say you were going to become a lab rat for the next couple of weeks. Oh, and so it has turned out to be. Literally, yes. So iron infusions, MRIs, ultrasounds and stress tests and – yeah, God, it, it literally has been a, a shock, but it's – it's all just been a blur. Like, I don't know. that we, we were having a bit of a chat before we started recording it and we said that we probably should have recorded it. But I was having a laugh just because of this week. I've been in such a blur at times. I've found myself in wrong buildings and thinking that people have stolen my handbag and my laptop's disappeared. <laughs> and in actual fact, I was just in the wrong place. But I just haven't been like completely aware just of how mm. full on my week has been. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm not in that phase at the moment, obviously. But yeah, having been in that kind of world in the past, it becomes very overwhelming very quickly, and you really can't keep track of what's going on. Your mind just gets overloaded. So no, like it's not a surprise that you're feeling so exhausted. In addition to these other little health <laughs> concerns. <laughs> so, hence why I said before that my week has had been a bit of a shocker. But look, I, I've done a couple of. I've actually still continued to 
go to my group to to run and look I, I think from a mental health perspective um and I'm just going to speak personally here and I'm in fact I know that you're going to agree with me on this whilst I'm not doing training from like a performance aspect I'm doing it from a social aspect to be able to get myself out of you know this really stressful work environment and sort of cycle that I'm in with life being so busy and just being out in a, a nice refreshing friendly environment yeah, I think that's a good point and you know it doesn't mean you can't go to your running group but you just have to make the conscious choice not to do the normal training or smash yourself you can go there and even just do the warm-up and the warm down if yeah. you're really struggling exactly and it just for you know that hour an hour and a half and actually a couple of times have been late but it's just it's so nice to not go from you know being in the office for 14 hours and then going oh my gosh I've still got so much to do when I get home and then logging back on and, and continuing the work actually removing yourself from that environment because you know I've worked in very high stress environments before and have definitely fallen into the trap where your 14 hour day turns into an 18 hour day and that it's very easy to just continue that without sort of stepping outside of yourself and saying well, this is actually not very healthy so no. I've been going to the running and if there's anything the positive out of it is I'm actually really fit and I say that not from, oh, you know, I'm surprised or I'm amazing. It just I've actually had my heart rate on now. I'm not actually looking at the times I'm running. And so I'm trying to keep my heart rate below 150 when I'm doing, not jogging, just like some effort. So I was doing some tempo efforts and then, um, you know, some 400s. And I was actually finding myself moving in around like low 340 pace, yeah. which – Totally, completely surprised me and it felt quite effortless. So, yeah, the, the fitness is there. I'm just going to get the rest of the life back in shape to move to that next level. Yes. So, anyway, I guess by the time we sit down and have our um, recording slash therapy session <laughs> next week, you'll probably know a little bit more about what's going on or maybe another tiny piece of the puzzle. At oh, least. yeah, no, it, it's good. And, and I was saying that... Whilst I've got all this other stress going on, it's not ideal, but, you know, to get into, you know, doing these tests and, and being in sort of a similar environment and hopefully being able to get some results that just pinpoint exactly what's going on because I just, I'm sort of at the point where I'm now like, okay, I acknowledge that there's something wrong. Let's just get to the bottom of it because I want to move into, um, you know, what's, what's the cure, what's the fix. Yeah. That's just Sounds like quitting your job might be a good step. Oh, <laughs> uh, I tell you what, the perils. And I'm only half joking. <laughs> Honestly, they're perils of living in one of the world's most expensive cities and keeping up that hectic lifestyle. Yeah, well, you could always you could always move to you know some beautiful hamlet like Ballarat or Dalesford. <laughs> well, you did send me some options during the week, and I thought that's right. Oh, yeah, I've been house shopping for you. So. <laughs> JT, oh, I know. Come and come and enjoy the good but, life in the country. Uh, we were actually going to head away this weekend, and we both just sort of sat at the table before and were like, "We're so tired. We don't want to do anything." So he's currently asleep on the couch with a movie on in the background, and my children like this is just parenting. Like we're parents of the year. They've both got the iPads. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's acceptable. Oh, the things you do when life gets chaotic. So anyway, I'm down and out, but next week we'll hopefully be able to talk about some results and then maybe some solutions. Mm. And I'll hopefully not be going to the wrong building and 
come out of my yeah. hazy cloud <laughs> that I'm currently in. At least you didn't like walk into the wrong house and think <laughs> it was think it was your house. It would have been even worse. Can I actually say that I've got? A, well, I don't know if it's a funny story, but I'll tell you anyway. Once upon a time, when I was back in this hectic lifestyle, I got out of the car that I was in. I wasn't actually driving. Went into the building, got something, came back out, went to jump into what I thought was the car, and it was the car in front. <laughs> <laughs> the whole family's looking back at me. I'm looking back at them. Look up, and I was like, oh, "Wrong car." Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. So yes, I think less stress. Move to the country yeah. and just yeah. a whole different. Um... Bring, bring it on. <laughs> so that's me. Tell me about you, because last week I was getting pretty excited that you were going to commit to doing this park run. Yes, yes, and I did commit to doing it. <laughs> Didn't achieve my objective of breaking 20 minutes, mm-hmm. but I did manage 20 minutes and 20 seconds, which probably isn't too bad given given a range of factors. So, yeah, I did get the job done this morning. Yeah, look, I think that's really good given the type of training that you were doing. It could even be nice for you to type up what you've done over the last six weeks. Uh, I might do that, and, actually. And post I'll, it I'll up because yeah. one of the things that came straight to my mind this morning when you sent that through to me was, you know, that's not much slower than what I ran. It, it's basically a minute slower. But I don't, have you even run 5Ks consecutively in the last however long? Yeah, I have. So, yeah, there's still run walking going on, particularly when I'm going out in the forest where it's quite hilly and when I'm going out for a bit longer. But there have been some other, like, unbroken jogging sessions of about five or six K or so. Or but more. it's not. But, yeah, I haven't, yeah, I haven't done a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> like just, just in terms of volume, probably the last three weeks, I think I might have run about 30 Ks a week on average, and that includes some walking mm. breaks, so not all running. So, yeah, the volume has been very low, which is something I'll be ticking up a little bit over the next next few weeks. But, yeah, it is interesting to see how much you can do off very little. So as I add a little bit more, I think, I've, I, think I texted you, I think I've got about 18 training days or something until this 5K track race in Melbourne. So over the next couple of weeks especially, I'll be trying to run a few more miles and, and I think I've got enough time to get a couple of long runs and probably four sessions in based on my kind of nine to 10 day revolving cycle that I'm working on at the moment where I'm doing that long run, a threshold session and a a mile pace rep session of some Mm. sort. Those have been pretty modest as well. So yeah, I will, I will type Mm. that up. Um, I think it would just be really good to look back and reflect on. And, you know, I think for, for any listeners that either have maybe been injured and, need to come back slowly or like a nursing and injury just for that mental side to say, well, you can still do alternatives that keep you fit. And look, where, where did you finish? 2020, you would have been way up the front. I was eighth out of two, more than 200 at Ballarat Park yeah, Run so this morning. So. I think that's yeah pretty good. You know, you, you're not going to be stepping onto the Sydney Track Classic tonight no. um, <laughs> and mixing it with no. the 13-minute guys. Like, we no. understand that, but that that's not what we're aiming for, uh, and nor um, nor are many of our listeners. So, um, no, no, definitely not. Yeah, look, I think that's I think it's a, a really a job well done. But tell us how you did it. Like, did you come home strong? Did you did you go <laughs> no. out and, and attack? How did it go? Yeah, well, I, I might even oh, now. Well, now I'll talk you through it from. Um, Go to woe. So I mentioned last week that I was going to get Campbell Ackland, who I talked to about his amazing sub three hour marathon experience, to pace me because the week before he'd run, 
I think it was 1758 or something at, at Ballarat Park Run. So he volunteered to pace me at 20 minutes. So we met oh, probably about 20 minutes before the start and did a little warm-up jog, discussed the strategy. Campbell set up a an alarm on his Garmin mm-hmm. and it was basically going to beep if we were faster than 355 kilometre pace or slower than 405 kilometre pace, which I actually thought was a really good idea. Mm. <laughs> it did lead to a little mistake, which I'll get to in a second. So, yeah, we got we got out of the gate pretty well and I think the first kilometre was, let's, I'm just going to say it was around 404. It was pretty hard to discern what was going on because I, I think my GPS dropped out for the first part of the kilometre. So, my when I was looking back at my data, it was saying the first K was 4.16 and it definitely wasn't that. Campbell reckoned he was, his was about 4.02. Oh, that's a massive um, discrepancy. Given, yes, quite a big discrepancy, <laughs> <laughs> which was is actually the only time I looked at my watch for the whole 5K was when the first kilometre like it just buzzed on my wrist and I just glanced mm. at it to see what what it said and I saw this 4.16. I thought, my God, like a so far off pace. <laughs> um, so that kind of led me to, and I think Campbell sort of called out that we'd been through in like 4.04 or 4.03 or something like that. So I was I felt okay at that, that point. Rhythm wasn't amazing, but then I kind of knuckled down and increased the effort levels a little bit through the second kilometre, and then I could I could hear Campbell's watch beeping, and I thought, oh, it must be still slow, like it must be slower than 4.05, which unfortunately led to quite a, a, a long period of running faster than 3.55 kilometre pace, and Campbell's like, oh, we're going a bit fast after a while, and I was like, oh, I thought we were running too slow, so immediately kind of backed off the gas a little bit. And it doesn't sound like much, like five seconds per K faster than your goal pace, but when you're kind of absolutely... When you're redlining already. Like I was pretty redlining, yeah. And I was pretty pretty optimistic with my strategy of trying to break 20 Mm. minutes. So I couldn't really afford to go over or to run faster Mm. than that. So managed to kind of dial it back and run the third kilometre in, I think, four minutes exactly. Sorry, I forgot to mention it was actually... And this is not an excuse, but <laughs> it's a fact it was really quite windy this morning. So, yeah, the the wind was blowing a headwind into some quite long straight sections that are probably hard enough in the Ballarat uh, Park run in the best of times. So, so, yeah, by the time I got to the or the third kilometre sort of in four-minute minute pace and then got into the dreaded fourth kilometre and the turnaround, the, there's a number of turns on the Ballarat course, but the, the worst one is pretty much the final hairpin turn, which is inside the last two Yeah, 2K. oh, that's tough. So you're already, yeah, so I was already pretty gassed and struggling at that point and then you have to basically, when you do a hairpin, you pretty much stop dead and have to accelerate out and, yeah, there wasn't much acceleration <laughs> out of the turn from me at that point. So the fourth kilometre was really hard and I was just hanging tough and I could feel my arms going lactic. I think I mentioned before that that's my my arms and my lactate meter. When they start feeling a little bit heavy, I know that I'm basically on pretty much on the limit. And so, yeah, I was kind of struggling. I struggled through the fourth kilometre in 4.15. So that is obviously not optimal. Oh, that's for, a big blowout. <laughs> or desirable. You know it's like 4K yeah. again, that damn 4K. It is. And look, I rallied a little bit in the last kilometre, finished in 4.05, but the damage was done. So anyway, all of that adds up to 20 minutes and 20 seconds. So that's where yeah. I'm at at, the, at this point. 
um, which is okay. 2020 is actually, I think according to the to my Daniel's running formula tables, is actually a slightly better performance than 12 minutes for mm. 3K. You're racing um, yourself based fit. On his vet. I, yeah, I think I am. And, yeah, Campbell and I talked about that a little bit this morning where, yeah, basically the, the only really super hard efforts I'm doing over the next couple of months are at this time trial, this 5K that I did today at Park Run, and then the 5K race in 18 or 19 days' time in Melbourne. So, yeah, positive things. Uh, I really wanted to stop <laughs> <laughs> in the fourth K because it was... I was struggling. I do. I love that you said that. And only because, so last week or the week before when I put my 5K time on the board, I actually had that exact same thought process go through my mind and it was. And did you think, why am I doing this? Because I thought that. I was like, why am I doing this? I always think that in a 5K. It's just. I find it so like mentally and emotionally hard and it's always in that fourth K that it's. Yeah, I don't know what goes on. It, look, it is. It's an indication that the the race hasn't gone to plan. If you feel that bad in the in the fourth kilometer, like the fourth kilometer is always going to be tough. But I've I've run five k's where I've it's been tough, but I didn't have that kind of feeling or desire mm. to stop. If you're feeling like you want to stop, you're basically yeah. overcooked it, and um, that's what happened to me today. But yeah, I was proud of myself for kind of digging in and just hanging on as best I could and. Yeah, being able to slightly rally and run a 404 fifth kilometre. So I'm taking that one as a positive. And that is then now like there's no way that I could have pushed myself in training to anything like the equivalent of what I did Mm. this morning. Like imagine trying to concoct a series of kilometre or mile reps or something and do that. It just wouldn't wouldn't have been the same or wouldn't have been able to do it. So getting into that environment means you can dig a little bit deeper, Mm. which is good. And Hey, what did you think of the the beeping of the watch? Because I've got a personal thought on that, but tell me what you think. I think it would have been all right if I was wearing the watch because then I would have known what it meant. (laughs) Yeah, I I actually don't mind that as a strategy because it means you don't have to look at your watch the whole time. And, you know, obviously the... Going and doing a 3K time trial on the track is a lot easier because you know exactly how fast Mm. you're running pretty much at all Mm. times or at least every 200 metres or something. Whereas if you're doing something like a cross-country or a park run, you really don't have a lot of reference points about how fast you're running and particularly if you haven't been doing a lot of hard efforts. It's That was the thing I found is like I didn't have a good feel for how fast I was running, which did lead me to running a bit quick. So I I don't mind the idea of the beeper. I actually don't have that function (laughs) on my watch. Um, But if I did have it, I probably would potentially okay. use it well um, i have think? actually used it before in a 1500 i was um tr- i was actually in my many attempts to try and break 10 minutes for a 3k uh was trying to teach myself to feel very comfortable running 40 second 200 yes it just yep. absolutely <laughs> did my head in and i i found yeah. myself in the end instead of just focusing and getting into a nice rhythm and, and really learning to like feel I was just this slave to the beep. And then, you know, if I hadn't crossed the 200-metre line before the beep, I'd panicked. And then if I'd crossed the 200-metre line before the beep, I'd panicked. And it was just this – it was actually quite a stressful experience. So I've never done it again. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't do it on the track. (laughs) No. and Because you've just got got the other reference points Yeah, but I think you did make a good point in that you really haven't been able – or you haven't been doing training to get you to the point where you can start to run by feel and actually understand – Yes. 
you know, when you're really fit or even if you've just been running and training for a while, I get to the point where I, I could actually tell you without looking at my watch if I'm running a five-minute K or a 340K. I'm very good at understanding that pacing. But I must admit when I've returned after long breaks, yeah, I can't tell if I'm running four minutes or six minutes. They all kind of yeah, <laughs> just blend into right. one another. So maybe not a bad strategy if you're yes. learning to learn yeah. how to pace. It's useful to have that feedback. So that was pretty good. I think the other negative I found today is I, I just didn't feel like I was moving as well as what I did when I did mm. my time trial, but maybe that's okay. The, on the on the flip side of that is I, I'm pretty sure I ran either about 12 minutes or maybe a couple of seconds under for the first 3K this morning and my heart rate was lower than what it was when I did my track effort. What was your heart good, rate especially given So... It was, yeah. As I was saying, it was. I think it was good because it felt like it was. Well, it was a little bit lower overall, especially for the first three k, as compared to the time trial I did. Um, and I ran, I think, maybe a couple of seconds faster for the first three kilometers this morning. So taking that as a positive sign. So just take my first kilometer heart rate with a grain of salt because. Watch the wrist um, heart rate monitor was malfunctioning because I got cold before the start, and usually when that happens, it records for a little bit, at least like twenty beats above what's mm-hmm. actually happening. And I can see a little spike on my graph where at the start it's sort of saying that I went up to one hundred and seventy, but that didn't actually happen because it it then dropped back to like one hundred and fifty or something within maybe four or five hundred meters but yeah nevertheless so i think i was about 158 average for the first k but it would have been a lot lower than that because of that sort of spurious reading second k was 164 which is actually pretty good that's only a touch over my threshold pace or my threshold heart rate which is probably you know about 159 or 158 or something around Mm. that range maybe and the third k was 170 average and the fourth k was 174 and my thing didn't record anything for the fifth unfortunately so that sort of dropped off but yeah it was early on it was a bit a touch lower than what it was in the time trial and it took a bit longer to get into the red zone than what it did when I did the 3K time Mm. trial. So all of that is a good sign of improved fitness, even if things didn't turn out exactly the way that I was planning for. But, you know, and, you know, importantly, you know how they have like a fast 500 list on the park run? Did you know about that? Uh, I didn't actually. I knew that they had the women who break 20 minutes and men who break 17, but I did not know about this other list. Well, this this other list, basically, they have this for every parkrun. So, you can go to your local parkrun and click on the results tab and then just kind of scroll down and it's got the fastest 500 for mm. that particular parkrun. So, before today, my, my my ranking was 295 and now I'm 209 oh, with wow. a board, so. You are on the rise. <laughs> I'm on the rise in the Ballarat parkrun. Who's got so, the PB? Is it yes. Moners? No, I think it's actually oh, Jack right, Davies. Okay, no, that makes yeah. I mean, fastest, let's be honest. If there's going um, to be a tough park run to ever get close to the the top ranks, it's going to be Ballarat. Though I, I went on to Albert Park just out of curiosity because I've got a 19 minute on the board there from quite a few years ago, and that 19 minutes doesn't even get you in the top 500 oh, wow. at Albert Park. A lot park of depth, run, so. but that is um, that is a great course. A, like if anyone who is visiting Melbourne that yeah. wants to come for a park run, it's central, so it's in the city, and it is what a beautiful one lap on a dead flat surface around a lake. It yeah. Makes for some fast running. Yeah. And the only problem there is 
Yeah, yeah. unless <laughs> that it's windy. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so you've got to run, I think, sub-18 to get on the top 500. Oh, list okay, wow, well, that would have to be one of the most competitive then. So. It is, it is. And I won my age group this morning, so I was first in the 40 to 45 and I was quite excited about that until I looked ahead of me and there was a guy who was in the 55 age group who ran about 1945 or something. So I thought, oh, if I get to 55 and I can still break 20 Well, maybe that's actually just confirming what we were talking about a few weeks ago. Uh, Can you get faster as you get older? I'm glad you brought that up because – just sort of reflecting on that, I, th- I think, you know, although I've been adopting some fairly quirky and out there training strategies, what it's really about is, you know, on some level, I've been in a bit of denial about the fact that I'm in my mid-40s and I think i just got to come out and be open about that as I'm trying to train in a way that's more sympathetic to um, to being slightly older and I'll probably touch on that a bit more, I think, as we mm. go forward. Because, yeah, I guess, and and when I sort of type up those notes of the training that I've done, one of the reasons why I didn't want to overcook it during this period was just to kind of show what you could do off a a modest amount of um, volume Mm. and intensity um, and then try and basically race above expectations. Which I think um, you have, very much I have. Yeah, probably a, yeah. Probably, a touch. Yeah, um, probably a touch. Before we launch into our topic, I just want to bring up one thing because I'm not sure how long I'm going to be able to brag about yes. this. I'm a minute 51 ahead. <laughs> I, I, yes, I did figure that you were now a long but, way ahead. And I think the only way I can win now is you, you have to default. Well, a couple of ways if either A, I default, or B, if I do get onto that start line, but my body just doesn't cooperate and you end up running like an, a sub 18 and I'm dragging myself home yeah, in 20 minutes. That's... So it's not over until it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, f- I feel like it might be over for me. But um, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, th- I think based on how I went today, I'll probably have to revise my ambitions of um, thinking I might be able to get sub 19. So what do you track. think that you're going to be um, in shape to run? Hard to tell. I, I think maybe maybe mm. mid nineteens would be realis- yeah. more realistic um, at this point. Like I can't see how I'm going to drop like eighty seconds in yeah, less than wow. three weeks. I think you know you could probably make an argument that if I'd done today on the track that I would have mm. got pretty close, and if it wasn't windy, I would have got pretty close to twenty minutes. So maybe I've only to get say a nineteen thirty, got to find thirty seconds um, somehow. <laughs> Um, between now and then, which probably possible. I'm prepared yeah. to give it a go anyway. Well, at but, least uh, you'll probably get onto uh, yeah. the track. I'm still up in the air, but I tell you who will be there, um, and we've mentioned him the last couple of weeks, is my husband who's got an absolute fire in his belly after not touching the track for the past eight years or actually ever in his life. Uh, he ran a 3K and broke sub 10 on his first attempt. Wow. And talk about being jealous. <laughs> What did you end up running? Very impressive. I've been chasing that time for my entire life, so um, my week just gets worse. <laughs> it, it's it's a fast time because you know you've got to you've got to stack together two sub five minute fifteen hundred meters, and running five minutes for the fifteen hundred meters uh, is actually not it, that it easy. Want, and I'll, I'm just going <laughs> to talk 
a little bit, I know it's not really to do with us, but I I was actually, it was so nice to watch the progression. And I think there's a really key message in this for, you know, everybody who's not just trying to break their, their PBs or, or try new things in that, you know, week one, he stepped onto the track and was really very tentative and hesitant and, you know, still run a fabulous 5k time and then stepped onto the track the following week. And I had showed him the video of, of him running and he understood, he could see the difference between, and he actually watched like the A race. So, you know, the freaks running 13 to 14 Mm. minutes versus how he was running and just their ability to change speed and attack and just that relentlessness that they have when they run. And and I know Mm -hmm. that they are a different level, but, you know, it's still relative. You can apply that at your own speed. Mm. So then he started to apply that on the second week, but then this week in the 3K, um, there was an A and a B race and he was sort of touch and go which way and then his name didn't get called for the B race and he basically went white. Oh. He was in the A race. And I just thought to myself, oh, oh wow. gosh, um, I'm not sure how this is going to go. Anyway, he was dead last for probably about, I don't know, three quarters of the race. But he just yeah. fought. Like, you know, the people here, you talk about that rubber band. And they mm. went through the first K in 3.11. And when I saw that, and he was dead last. So 3.11 for dead last. Like that's, I don't even think I could run a solo 3.11. And I just thought, oh, my God, this is this is going to be disastrous. But he just, like he just held on and, and the people in front of him got a little bit further and it just made that split-second decision to say, no, I'm not letting them get away and rallied got onto the back of that pack and then ended up going around them um, and actually I think he beat yeah, about three or four work. people in the end. But it was just watching that growth in confidence as well of going, you know, that first race, mm. oh, my God, I don't belong here, to that next week of yeah. oh, maybe I'll try a couple of things to then finally, hey, I belong and I'm just as good as the other people on here. You know, I don't deserve to be last. So, Well, not only that, though, he had the confidence to kind of run his own pace for the first K, which set him up for being able to pick it up um, yeah, throughout the so course of the race as other exactly. people were starting and it to was just, it's, It was such just a nice thing to say and even just a reminder for yourself sometime, like just get over yourself, get out there and, and actually believe that you can do it. So anyway, mm. I'm probably going to sub him in for the 5K. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so JT is the only one doing inspirational deeds at the moment, so exactly. we've got to pick up our game here, Lisa. Oh, exactly. So, I mean, all of that talk around, you know, setting your paces is really kind of the topic that we just wanted to dig into. And I, I sort of, after I've now put the 12 minutes and then the 2020 on the board, I just wanted to, to get out my mm-hmm. Daniel's running formula, the running Bible that we've referred to a number of times and just see where those times put me in terms of the Daniel's V dot, and then as a result what that means in terms of the training paces that I should be using for my both my threshold sessions and my rep pace sessions that I'm going to be doing over the next three weeks. And I can tell you that my V dot is now 48. 48. Can I ask you a quick um, question? Which? How are you looking at yes. this? Are you old school with the book or are you new school with the app? <laughs> I'm with the book. <laughs> well, I've got the app. <laughs> I've, got my, I've got my book open on the desk well, in front of me. I have my phone and the app in my hand. <laughs> and, and these pages are like the most dog-eared kind of um, 
falling out of the book pages because I've had this book for a number of years <laughs> now. Uh, I've got my little post-it notes on the V-dot table and the training pace section because that's the, the ones that you almost refer oh, to the most. Yeah, I this love text. it. So for our listeners who are in the 21st century, you can go onto the app store, yes. type in V-dot calculator and you'll get the Daniels mm-hmm. um, basically formula at the, the right in the palm of your hand. Yeah, so a, a 48 V-dot is awarded for someone who can run 11.58 for 3K and I was 12, so that's pretty close. And for 5,000 metres, 20.39, so I'm actually quite a bit. Actually, yeah, I should maybe I'm, maybe I should be awarding myself. No, nah, I'm not. I'm not quite there. So the next level up for the 5K is 2018. Mm. So, yeah, I won't call myself 49 yet. So what that translates to in terms of training paces is, and I'd maybe just talk about easy pace because I've been big on my easy aerobic pace and following the um, using the Phil Maffetone 180 formula and the Daniels formula at the moment is telling me I should be running 528 mm. kilometer pace, which is about 849 miling by this, by this table. And look, if I was on the flat, and there were, and it wasn't windy. I reckon I probably could do that under my um, my Maftone 180 formula heart rate of 137. So I think there's a pretty good correlation yeah. there with that. In terms of the threshold pace, it's saying uh, 424 okay. yep. kilometer pace, which I think that's probably achievable i've been running a little bit faster than that in the thresholds that i was doing but i was cheating because i was running downhill so i think if i did go onto the flat i would be able to run 428 and not have my heart rate get up i'd I'd want my heart rate to be sort of mid to high 150s at the most um, to sort of stay in that threshold zone in fact i'd I'd be happy to sort of train between 150 and about Mm. 158 i reckon and call that yeah. my threshold zone because I don't think it really matters that much about getting it super, super pre- precise unless you're going over, um, in which case you're not doing threshold training anymore. You've, you're sort of getting into that um, Do VO2 max kind of Did you classify threshold and, and tempo as the same or is there a difference, a subtle difference? I think there's a subtle difference. So, yeah, threshold for me would be pace that you could maintain for an hour and – if you were doing tempo pace, that could oh, – sorry, if you, if you were doing a tempo run, then you could be doing like a marathon pace tempo mm. run, which would be a bit slower, or you could be doing other kinds of tempo runs at slightly different paces. So you could you could interchange the two, but because I've been talking about aerobic threshold, which is the easy pace, I'm trying to talk about anaerobic threshold as well um, as being what I'm referring to in terms of the threshold pace, um, just to mm. be consistent, I suppose. So, yeah, 424s and my rep pace accordingly is supposed to be 44 seconds per 200 metres or 90 seconds for 400 metres. Uh, I think the reps that I've done, which have only really been 200s, have been either around that or slightly faster. And, again, I've been cheating a bit because I've been doing them downhill. So, I feel like if I went onto the track that those those paces would probably roll out fairly comfortably. And I guess that's the purpose of these paces is you should be able to do them quite comfortably. Like you don't come to the, the Daniels formula and say, I want to run 1930, so therefore I'll train, I'll, I'll shift all of the training yeah, paces I'm, to be faster I'm to glad match you the 1930 that up, pace. Actually. 
because it's the same as uh, actually I was listening to Peter Fitzinger and talk about his training uh, templates that he's done and he basically said that okay at the end of the 12 weeks you might aim to be running you know x but at the start of the 12 weeks don't start at that <laughs> you know sort of work through it yes and I guess do you adjust halfway through by racing and seeing where you're at or you just go with feel how, yeah. how do you normally do that I just follow what Jack Daniels says, <laughs> which is don't don't increase your training paces until you've actually proved that you're at the next level of fitness by a race or a time trial performance. So I can now say, yeah, I'm comfortably, I'm going to train in that 48 VDOT range because I've now done two performances that are mm. almost exactly the same for 3K and 5K. So I'm not now going to go out and try and run faster just because I think that I can run faster. I think what I'll do is is continue to train conservatively. I'll, I'll get away from the running downhill thing now because I've got to get a bit more structure um, and a little bit more serious about it. But I'll I'll train at these kind of slower paces and then I'll whether I succeed or not, I'll back myself to run a little bit faster than that when I step onto the track to race. You know, I may come <laughs> a cropper again, I'm not sure. But, yeah, I, I have had a success in the past with just being able to step up a fraction from where your training is and be able to run slightly quicker in a 5K than what, what your training paces would potentially indicate that you could do. So so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to hope that I can do that. Maybe that was just a thing that my um, 30-something-year-old <laughs> self could do that maybe my 40-something-year-old self can't do anymore, but I'm going give it, to give it one more try anyway. But I, I'm definitely not going to try and run 19 minutes. I think that's mm. out, out of gosh, reach. Gosh, is it only point. three weeks away, is it? That's come around quickly. That's oh, less gosh, than three weeks. Well, yeah, yeah, who knows where I'll be standing in three weeks. So I guess, I don't know, to wrap, to wrap that sort of discussion up, I, I think in hindsight, I was a little bit aggressive trying to break 20 minutes this morning and I suffered the consequences of having a miserable you know last I'm eight minutes. I'm actually going to comment on that because <laughs> it sounds yep. like 20 minutes for 5K, it gets thrown around a lot as a number um, you know, and four-minute Ks. And on paper and when you're sitting on your couch, you think that's pretty easy. But when you try to apply that in reality, it's actually quite a difficult thing to do. Like. And I'm talking it, about it is, the majority yeah. of people, not people who are, have got some natural talent or have trained yes. for a long time. But, you know, for the majority of people, that's a really tough number to hit. It is. 20 minutes is a huge barrier for a lot of um, recreation, recreational runners. And, yeah, I, you know, the first time I did it when I was a bit younger, I was it was worth celebrating. And I tell you what, I'll celebrate <laughs> when I do it again <laughs> because – because, yeah, it's not that easy and um, I'll have had to have done a bit of hard work and apply myself, particularly in the in the race scenario, and be quite mentally strong to hang tough in in what's no doubt going to be mm. another tough fourth kilometre. But, yeah, it's not that easy a thing to do. But if, if you are in that kind of, you know, 25, 24, 23-minute range, like it's a, it's definitely over a period of time a realistic goal that you could mm. you could aim to achieve and, and and not have to train yourself into the ground either so you could you could definitely with some structured training and you know maybe you could do it off mm. 40k's a week I, I think i think if i'd have been doing 40k's mm. a week i probably would have cracked it well you've got three um, weeks to prove that so yeah yeah that's right well if i don't, I don't do it next time um yeah I, I think i'll have to be <laughs> sacked from the podcast <laughs> 
Oh dear. Well, uh, we'll put JT and you might be able to talk about some successes because so far. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'll just sub out JT can step in. And <laughs> what it's like fast. to be moving properly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I th- and I think just getting back to that kind of V dot table, if I'd looked at that a little bit more closely before I set off this morning, which I didn't, I would have seen that you know, the 1158 Daniels has got that as equivalent to like a 2039 mm-hmm. for 5K. So to go after the 20 minutes was possibly, <laughs> yeah, it's about three three V dot levels higher than 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 where I was actually mm-hmm. at. No, too high. Yeah, 1957's 50. So yeah, you could probably actually that's uh, let's call that the advice. Don't try and race more than one V dot level mm-hmm. ahead of where you're at. In terms of your la- either your last performance or, or what your what your training or and time trial just, would indicate, um, I think you could jump one level for your race, but anything more than that, you're possibly being a little bit. And I think we'll ambitious. link up in the show notes where you can access the app or even the, like a table online, so that yeah. people can get some context around what it means for them. And if you haven't already got a Daniel's running formula, go and buy it and, <laughs> and buy a hard copy. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Have a book. Oh, very good. It bring it. Uh, it still brings me joy, so it's not getting thrown out Marie Kondo <laughs> style. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think the hard copy book is good, particularly when you've got something you're just going to refer to time and time again. Oh Why yeah, not? very good. All right. Well, enough of that. That that is the advice. Check your check your V dots. Consider your training paces. Don't train too fast. Try and race slightly faster than what you're capable or what your training indicates you're capable of, but not too fast. <laughs> yeah. or, or you'll have a hurting fourth oh, kilometer exactly. like I did this morning. Um, and just, yeah, quick thanks to Campbell again for pacing me this morning. He did a really good job. I, th- I thought he might yell at me a bit more, actually, because he's a school teacher. But, um, yeah, he must have seen how much. Well, he actually did notice how much I was suffering. Yeah, let's not kick you off the down. <laughs> my, my breathing was, that's right, yeah, he took pity on me. But, uh, yes, it was it was good to have a pacemaker. I don't think I would have got as close as I did um, without having some help this morning. So that, that mm-hmm. definitely was, was helpful. Well done. So what's happening for you next week? More more tests, more prodding and poking and another You've summed it up in week? about 10 words, correct. <laughs> I am okay. living the dream at the moment. <laughs> what? You sure are. Well, now, now's the time to develop a drinking problem. Even if My liver seems before. to think I do, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah, Maybe well I know my, my closet alcoholism has been found out. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. that's literally me, but what about you? Well, I'm going to try and run some more consistent kilometres. So I don't know exactly what I'll get over the next week. I'm trying not to set, you know, still following my intuitive approach, trying not to set too many arbitrary targets. But I'll, I'll try and run at least five days, I think, out of the next seven. And I probably haven't really been doing that over the last few weeks. I've probably only been getting four days, I reckon, out of each week. So, yeah, try and run five days. I will, I'm going to stick, keep sticking to this pattern of doing either a session or a long run every third day or so and just see what that delivers in terms of some increased fitness so I can <laughs> so I can go sub 20. Um, <laughs> three weeks and sub three 20. Weeks well, you've put it out there uh, and now mm, it's time to chase it. It is, yep. I'm gonna, it's time to get serious. No more downhill reps or anything. Maybe find a train on the yeah. flat. <laughs> might even run some hills. Might even run up some no, hills. No, don't Maybe overdo that's what it. Do. <laughs> I might do some oh, short maybe find reps. a, a net downhill good. park run. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if one exists. <laughs> I'm not sure. If anyone out there knows it, let us know. know. Let Brian know. Enjoy the rest of your week with your running and uh, well done on today.
Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, look forward to giving you all an update of how we're going next week. You have been listening to the Running Technique Tips podcast with Brian Martin and Lisa Biffin.